What's going on, family? So I remember what I wanted to talk about. Wow, these browsers starting to open up by themselves. Anyway, um, because I didn't really quite finish that thought from last time, so I reviewed the episode because I knew there was something I forgot, and there it was. So let me just kind of get into that, and I'll kind of explain a bit more uh, just about that thought process to kind of make this more like a podcast. But basically, I was talking about. Um, how the epistemology of the Westerner, the European, is kind of like binary. They break things up into parts. That's how they learn things. So, and the point I was making about even IT and some of the issues with IT and some things that people struggle with, and I believe the young man in that interview kind of alluded to this himself, was like he started to kind of feel like he wasn't a good coder, wasn't a good programmer, and after just finishing his degree by going into something completely different, um, he went and got some other training that dealt with more of what uh, they needed to deal with, which is more data structures and frameworks. And frameworks is essentially like what you're going to be building on, basically. Like, yeah, you're going to be coding in Java, for example, or Python, but what are you going to be building on? And as far as data structures, which... They're a little bit more, I'm not going to say that they're simple, but the idea of them is more simple than how they're introduced. Like if someone just tells you, oh, you got to do Python data structures, you're just like, oh my God, what the hell, what the heck is this? Right. But all data structures are is how do you structure the data? It's really that simple. And to give you an example of kind of what happens in IT and why I feel people really get confused is that when you take like and, and it doesn't matter. This applies to any course. You could be taking a uh, routing and switching course. You could be taking a, like a programming course, like what we just talked about. You could t- you could be taking a bunch of things, and what's going to happen is you're going to learn different things in parts. You see, when you're going to be a developer, when you're going to code and make things, you would want to know how to make stuff. But when you take the Python class or the Java class. They're just teaching you the basics of the basics. So if you were to like, for example, let's say the frameworks and data structure. So the framework is like the the table and stuff that you're going to build. Like, what is your workbench? How are you going to be putting this together? Right. And the data structure is how you're making sense of what you're building. Like, are you building it efficiently? Are you building a table with four legs? And are the four legs going to be on each corner or is one leg going to be in the in the middle? Obviously, you probably wouldn't want to put the leg in the middle for, for stability reasons, but that's all data structures are. But when you go to class and they're teaching you about this stuff, they're basically teaching you like how to take a hammer and a nail and how to nail the uh, how to hammer the nail into a piece of wood, for example. OK, so you have the skills that they, they teach you how to how to use a Phillips wrench, how to use a, a flathead, what a you know, what the different screws are, what the different nuts and bolts are. So they teach you about all the different parts, but they don't teach you how to build the table. Or better yet, they don't teach you how to build a table efficiently. Now, let's hike it up a bit just, you know, for the sake of the example. So let's say now you want to build a house. Now you know how to build a table you know how to build a, ha- uh, a box, but you don't know how to build a house. But you have the skills. You understand what I'm saying? You have the skills on time. So you're capable, but you have to learn 
how to do it, how to build efficiently, how to build uh, X, Y, and Z. And that's kind of where the algorithms of the data structures come in because the algorithms are, is basically not reinventing a wheel. So it's like, like a blueprint, like this is how you would want to do this, right? Here's, you know, here's a method on how to do this more efficiently. And they have a bunch of algorithms you can look up that kind of speak to that. So when you're trying to build or when a company's asking you to build a data structure or they want to see how you do this, there's a, there's a few algorithms that you should be familiar with and a few tricks that go with some of the algorithms and things of that nature. So that even goes into something else that I'm going to talk about, which is what you need versus what sounds good. But just to stay on, on this for a second, that's kind of what, um, well, a lot of the what Western schools do, they break things down into parts. Like imagine, like remember when you guys were learning algebra, and before you got into like using the the coordinates and plotting things out, they taught you what a point was. They gave you the dot with the arrow, dot with another point, and they and they just told you that, and maybe told you a couple of other things, but you never started seeing what it was used for. You never even got an introduction to how these are relevant in like the real world, like how could you actually apply this knowledge? Taking the example back into the programming, like Python, for example, you're learning how to, like you're learning what this thing is, but you're not learning how to apply it. You're just learning a bunch of parts. So you are in, in essence learning skills, but you don't even really know what you know because you haven't applied it to anything yet and they haven't given you any examples. They just given you this part and then they're gonna give you another part and eventually what they're expecting is that you put it all together, right? And that's the issue. That's the issue. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle or have certain ideas that maybe they're not as good as something that they actually are. Uh, and it's because they haven't really been put in a situation to really know what it is that they know. You know, they just tell you, hey, uh, code this program hello world uh, here's a list here's how you make a dictionary here's how you make a variable here's how you call that and so while you're learning all these things you in essence know how to do stuff but you just don't know how to do it in again an efficient way because you, it hasn't been brought to you in that way they haven't so much as an even given you an example one suggestion i would give uh for anything like that is to show what the final product is what are we building? What are we working towards? And then go ahead and break it down into parts. Let people see what the final picture is supposed to be. Then give them all the little bits and pieces. So while people are picking up these parts, they have the full picture of what they're, what they're building towards. You know, now I feel that Western society feels like that's too much. Let's just keep things simple. That in the, And in their minds, that's the most efficient way. But why is that? We talk about this all the time on this platform family. And Dr. Edwin Nichols is one of the people who brought this to the forefront. It goes back into that. How, how did they develop this sort of binary dichotomous logic, this sort of epistemology that kind of works in the same way? Well, when you look at the average lifespan of your of your average Greek or Roman, you're not getting past what was it between 29 and some people even give 37 years. That's not a lot of time. 
So for them, in order for you to pick up these skills, like they, they didn't have time to give you the whole picture. They didn't have time to necessarily cultivate understanding. They wanted to hammer in these skills and then push you uh, and then push you forward. Let's also take a look at how Western society chooses to evaluate talent. And I see this all the time in all these different programs, all these different seminars that even even I choose to watch by myself. The thing that I notice is that there's an idea that we're going to have this pyramid and we're going to give people these tests and we're only going to pick people on the upper echelon of the uh, of the pyramid. That way we ensure that only the best prospects are getting selected. Now, at a very, very base level, that makes sense. And I think one of the reasons why it makes sense is, again, we are in a Western society. We were taught in a Western fashion, so it will make sense to us. Like, yeah, let's just keep the standards up here. That way, all the people that can get it will get it, and all those that won't get it, well, we won't pick them. Well, here's the issue with that. The issue with that is that it doesn't take into consideration the ability or the possibility of somebody improving, somebody getting better. It doesn't take into account the differences in how people learn. Some people are quicker to pick up certain concepts than others. That doesn't mean that the people who didn't pick up those concepts as quickly aren't as good or more talented. It just means that they didn't get it as quickly as those people. And how often do we see this across, no matter what field that you deal with, that there's people that seem to excel that people didn't give the first glance to. And this is all across the board. This isn't just with the intellect. This is in sports where people may be highly uh, touted, might be high prospects at a certain point. But then, as you notice, there's people who tend to elevate and even supersede them. Let's also look at the people who get drafted into these sports every year. The top 10 people who get drafted every year don't necessarily turn out and more often than not do not turn out to be the most dominant or the best players. So just by that idea, just with that example alone, you see that it's not just the people who pick it up the quickest who are going to automatically be the best. But if you're basing that on this, uh, on this environment that you don't have that much time to find the best, then that's how you come up with flawed uh, strategies such as that. And I do consider these strategies to be flawed because I don't feel that people are taking advantage of the greatest human resource, which is the which is the ability to change. And to go even further with this, this society is very against the idea of people changing. Just look at the uh, the prison system. Just look at how we deal with criminals. Criminals are supposed to be uh, rehabilitated and have served their time to the, uh, to society. But how does society perceive them? Once you become a felon, once you go to jail people automatically assume that you're just a criminal. Although you can go to jail for a variety of different reasons, like from parking tickets to failure to show up to court, like stuff that does not mean you're a bad person. But the society tends to judge you automatically. Like you did this, that's the kind of person that you are. Now, if we take this back into how Western society has cultivated themselves, how they have taught themselves and their society where you weren't living past 37, yeah, if you were a bad apple in 22, what were the, in their mind, what were your chances of rehabilitating yourself and changing? 
Let's also think of the mindset of somebody at 22 as opposed to somebody in their 30s and 40s. That's kind of the issue that we have in this society where we set certain expectations, like even family building, we set certain expectations on that a lot earlier than what we should based on notions and conceptions that predate us by, by hundreds of years, by situations that no longer apply to us. Because as much as we can talk about the, the lifespan of Western society, Western society is, is averaging about 72 years now. They're about twice the lifespan that they were back in their uh, glory days, so to speak. But we, but we still use, and this also goes back into their, their, log, their logic, how they learn, their inability to accept change because everything for them was finite. They had what you considered a deadline. What's a deadline? Or what was a deadline to the European? Well, a deadline to the European was they only have a certain amount of months to produce any crops. Their environment is not the same as the environment that's in other places, that's in certain parts of Asia, that's in Africa, that's in certain parts of the Americas. So if they did not get that crop, growing and started and if they didn't meet a certain point the crops would be dead and people would die people would starve this concept of a deadline still persists in western society today look at the uh, workforce if you don't get that work assignment in on time or what your boss told you to do by the deadline bad things happen Am I right? So this is the kind of, so this is what I speak to oftentimes, especially when I'm saying we need to start looking through things through African eyes. And what's wrong with that? Don't let anybody tell you that it's wrong to look at something through another perspective, through another lens. And while I'm critical of Western society or dichotomous logic, if you will, and, and their Western epistemology, I don't, I don't mean that it's inferior. I am pointing out flaws. There's flaws in, uh, in many different perspectives, many different. But I think what is even more flawed is to hang on to one type of perspective and cling to it like it's the only perspective, like it's not flawed, like it's the perfect, like it's the ultimate, especially when you can easily debunk it. It is not. And what you find more often, especially because I started this with talking about stuff in the IT field, but this applies to a lot of different um, areas, is that people are more inclined to go find people outside of who they consider to be decorated. Like a degree in my field does not mean much unless you want to become a supervisor, manager, because there's certain types of policy and certain things that you need to know outside of actually being skilled at what it is that you're doing. But most jobs want the person that's skilled. They don't give a damn how you got it, when you got it. Are you proficient now? See, the way that Western society works, if you, were, if you didn't get it by the time you got out of college, shit, you're not going to be one of those top tier people. That's how Western society looks at it. That is not true. That is not true. And again, let me reiterate, it does not take advantage of one of the greatest qualities of human beings it's the ability to adapt and change 
that has been one of our single most, if not the single most, how should I say this? Just um, losing the words. It's seminal trait. Like this is, it's it's been vital to our survival. When we talk about hominids and pongids, which the pongids were were better suited to the environment than we were. However, after the environment changed, the hominids, what we descended from, found a way to adapt. And by the way, what oftentimes gets overlooked is that in this same environment where the pongids were thriving, the hominids were still around. They were still doing their thing. They were still finding a way. Mankind does not elevate itself without that ability to change, to be better. So that Western logic where I do agree there's there's moments where you need to have that dichotomous logic logic can work, especially when you need to make a quick decision, especially when you need to do something now. But there has to always be balance, balance and stability. Jed. So that's the thing, family. That's the thing. And um, to let me even comment on something else that I started talking about is this whole this whole idea of uh, fluffing things up. It's a big it's a big problem that we uh, that we have uh, in Western society because you have this thing called rhetoric, and rhetoric is equivocal by nature. And with this rhetoric, people try to make things appear as something that they're not, try to be more sophisticated when it isn't. And it's, it's pervasive through all aspects of, of society. And I don't, I don't feel like it's a very good thing. You know, like at some point, how you dress something, unless we're talking about food or your appearance, should not matter. As long as it not only gets the job done, but it's correct. In this society, in Western society, we will argue over how somebody said so, like how somebody said the same thing, and argue over who said it better, but they said the same thing. This that's a problem. That's a that's a real that's a real problem. Okay, but um, I just say all this to say, do not get discouraged by Western society. Uh, do not let Western society dictate to you uh, what your limits are, uh, what you're good at. I don't give a damn. Like there's, yeah, there's going to be people, that's like a job, right? There could be a job that you apply for and they don't think you're the, the right fit. They think that you, but you could have been the best candidate. But then another job hires you and you become uh, just just a winner, you know, just a, just an all-star. So, but I think because we live in the kind of society that we do, it's very, very easy uh, to allow our own self-image, our own self-worth, our value uh, be dictated by uh, external influences like a job or boss or school and this, that, and the third. And I would always um, challenge the family to question it. 
And if you're feeling like you're not very good at something, ask yourself, why? Why am I not good? Don't let somebody else tell you that you're not good. Ask yourself. You know, and that's not to say somebody could be telling the truth, but how do you find out whether or not somebody's telling the truth or not? You know? And I and I especially feel that way when it comes to education. Because learning as we should know, even though it's we're in a capital capitalist society, a competitive society, so you don't always see it. There's different ways to learn. There's different ways to get things. And not everything can be quantified. That's how you start getting into quantum physics, quantum mathematics. Okay, going away from that Unitarian sort of uh, uh, scope of thought, right? School of thought. Being able to look outside the box. And I'm, I talk a lot about this quantum stuff and I talk a lot about this Unitarian stuff. But overstand, understand how, whatever verb that you need to, to get this is that that kind of thinking fits us. The, the thought of thinking outside of the box. Is there some disadvantages to it? Yeah, it can make you uh, ambivalent. Um, it could make you a bit indecisive sometimes. But overall, when it comes to critical thinking, that kind of approach, I think, is, is one of the best approaches you can have. And unless it's a life or death situation, I don't think it really needs to be binary. You know? So that's what, uh, so that's what I have to say about that. You know, because through all, you know, all aspects of life, whether it's music, I've heard this a lot of music. There's been people that may not have certain gifts musically, may not have this or that, but they're able to become successes. They're able to do something very, very well or very, very unique that gets them, you know, that gets them noticed. That's that's art, you know, just simply going to school, learning all the musical theory, you know, knowing all the uh, the harmonic chords from, you know, all that kind of stuff, all the niche stuff that you probably don't like. That doesn't necessarily make you a great musician, right? But we see how this sort of train of thought like works, even people who try to get into music, you know, if they... Like how many times I've referred, oh yeah, if I don't get this by such and such, such, if I don't blow up by 18, 22, like all these other people, which while we're on the subject of that, notice how a lot of the people who do become famous in their teens and their twenties, how long does that run last? Then when we look at people like I'll even throw plies into the, into the mix and several other folks, um, that make it in their thirties, you know, like what was it? Uh, two chains. You know, he was in his 30s when he finally got on and was able to sustain himself and is still sustaining himself. But he had been doing music for a very, very long time. You know, just imagine if somebody had said, hey, you know what? This dude has been doing music for a little while now. Like, even though this song might be cool, what's, you know, because he's been doing this for so long and hasn't been a success yet. Why, why push, why push the song? Based on that logic that, you know, you got to, you know, you have to get it early to in order to become a success. There'd be a lot of music, a lot of stuff not being made, a lot of influences not not happening because of just a a really, really rigid and myopic train of thought. 
so with that being said family i'm not going to sit up here and yap too uh, too much longer i think i said what i needed to say uh peace love and light um yeah tech out <laughs>